it's up to you and me to shine a guiding light and lead the way. United by our cause, we have the power to pursue what we believe. We'll achieve the realization of our dreams. Hello and welcome to this episode of New Horizons. I'm Vaughan Benison. I'm going to take a back seat this week. Graham Innes has prepared this program. Here he is now. Thanks, Vaughan. I went to the Sydney branch of BCA's Transport Forum in Ashfield on the 12th of October, and I took my microphone along. Now, before those of you who don't live in Sydney start switching off from this radio program or podcast, I should tell you that whilst we were speaking about Sydney Transport, we also added Newcastle and Canberra, But also, much of the things we talked about are relevant to transport systems across Australia, so I'd keep listening if I were you. The quality of the audio wasn't great at the forum, and there was a bit of background noise, so I didn't record the presentations. However, I spoke to the three presenters. I'm speaking to Sally Orish, uh, who's the New South Wales ACT BCA uh, coordinator, and to Susan Thompson, who spoke at the presentation as a blind person uh, using public transport in Sydney. So let me go to you first, Sally. You, you spoke about a number of modes of new and existing public transport, and the first one that you spoke about was a new one for me, which was uh, on-demand ferries. Can you tell us a little bit about those and uh, some of the work you've been doing in that area? Transport for New South Wales is looking at testing an on-demand ferry service in Sydney Harbour. So at this stage, they're looking at utilising some wharfs that are currently used primarily for private use, uh, and they will be opening up a ferry service around the Barangaroo and Blackwattle Bay area. Uh, The basic concept is that you will call the ferry, and within about 15 to 20 minutes, it will arrive at your wharf during some set operating hours. Uh, You can board this very small version of a ferry and it will take you to any of the wharves on this loop. Uh, We have been told that the vehicle itself is quite accessible. Uh, However, there are some questions currently being raised about the accessibility of these wharves. Uh, So we are hoping that we might have some opportunity to have a look at those more closely in the coming weeks. It is a trial uh, of the on-demand ferry service, so its operating patterns may change in the future. However, we're we're quite eager to to be involved in in this initial rollout. Susan, let me come to you. You you spoke a lot about the the new metro in Sydney, which is a heavy rail um, uh, train, uh, so that we don't confuse it with the light rail or the trams, which I'll come to in a moment. Um, But it's uh, it's now got one line, but it's rolling out a bunch of other lines in the next few years, but they're not open yet. Can you um, tell us from the perspective of people who are blind or vision impaired some of the things that you uh, raised about the the metro and, and some of the good and some of the bad? All right, well, I'll talk about some of the good to start with because, you know, they address some of the many stresses that we all face day-to-day travelling trains. The first thing to note is that the gap between the platform and the train itself is almost non-existent. Um, Along the edges of what we would think of as the platform is a glass screen wall which blocks off those standing on the platform from from the trains rolling on the track. And along that wall, a a series of... When you're standing waiting for a train, there's a series of closed doors along the the platform. So that's got to be a real benefit for people who are blind or vision impaired, hasn't it? Oh, absolutely. You don't have to concentrate 
you know, concentrate on making sure you keep behind the TGSIs, the tactile mm. ground surface indicators. Mm. Um, you don't have to worry about being freaked out by a train coming through like a, you know, like a bullet, yep. um, which is quite disconcerting. Mm. Um, and you, you just don't have to even worry about an edge because the when the doors are shut because there's no train there, there's a the, the the edge of the platform is a total it's a totally a wall. Yep. The entire train is um, flat level, so there's no um, going up and down stairs. Or so no double double decker trains. Uh, no double decker trains. Okay. The doors do open and shut quite quickly when it's on the platform, so that's just something that you have to be aware of that you've kind of got to. Be ready to get on and and, mm. and um, not dilly dally around. Yep. However, um, it's still less stressful because even if you do find that you can't get in on time, um, the next train's only four minutes away in peak yeah. hour. Yeah. And what about the audio announcements? Well, the audio the audio announcements are, are still a little bit problematic. So um, a they're quite muffled in in the t- in the ride that I went on. Um, I've been on a couple of times. And also the timing of the announcements is a bit um, out of sync, I think, at the moment. It, it announces it too far before the stop you're wanting, mm. um, as opposed to when you're n- nearly at the stop. Now, the stations you talked about um, only use escalators and lifts. Uh, is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Now, the lifts, um, I understand the lifts have been slowed down a little bit, but they're quite, they're quite reasonably fast. Not lifts, um, my apologies, escalators. Yep. Um, they have, um, but they, but they're still quite workable. Once you're on, once you, once you're on them, they, they're fine. So come back to you, Sally. What was the next the next thing that you spoke about? There is currently a light rail or a tram line that has been built through Circular Quay up to Central, and it will head out towards Randwick um, through the University of New South Wales, all, all sorts of areas, um, and that will be expanded over time as well. Um, Light Rail is currently eight weeks away from its public operation around about. Uh, what we have noticed is that on a lot of the platforms that have been constructed and are, are finished now, there is a lot of inconsistency throughout the uh, tactile ground surface indicators. So inconsistency around the width for which tactiles have been laid in certain areas, but also around the consistency of the individual sort of lumps themselves. So when you run your cane over the tactiles in some areas, they're quite distinctive and easy to pick up but in some areas there it's almost like they've been melted they they appear to be a little bit flatter and therefore mm. harder to detect, mm. um, which raises concerns around will people notice them uh, in order to stop themselves before accidentally stepping off the edge of, of the platform. It looks like in a couple of weeks we will be invited to test out the light rail through our participation the, in the uh, Accessible Transport Advisory Committee and that will give us a chance to hear and experience those announcements uh, and we'll be able to provide feedback to the operators at that point. I just wanted to, to add to what Sally said about the tactile ground surface indi- indicators. That mm. inconsistency um, applies to both the warning tactile indicators and the directional ones that, that kind of tell you when you're you know, at the tram stop right. or changing direction or whatever. Yep. Um, the other thing that I, I should note is that um, in our experience with the New Cla- Newcastle light rail, which has um, been rolled out. One of the, the things that we found in particular was that the doors didn't automatically open. Oh. And they promised us that, that in fact, 
that's okay because the driver will, you know, will let people who are blind, you know, open, open the doors for them anyway, but it, it hasn't turned out to happen. And, you know, that's the same in Canberra. I've experienced that. And it can be an issue if you can't find the button to press to, um, to get out of the carriage. Yep, yep. Mm. So that's, that's certainly an issue that we've got to kind of be more, keep, keep on top of. And particularly when, when they're developing a, another system which could potentially repeat the same mistake. Mm. Sally, let me come back to you. Can you tell us the story about your rock bus stop? Because I really enjoyed that. Uh, okay, so at the moment there is plans for Transport New South Wales to update all 38,000 bus stops across New South Wales. Uh, so as part of this, they're auditing all of the existing bus stops. And I had the chance to share with Transport about a bus stop that's located near me on the central coast of New South Wales. Uh, basically, this bus stop is a rock on the side of the road. Um, there, there's quite a height difference between road and, and pavement. And to access the bus, you scramble up on top of the rock, which is where the bus stop pole is located. And as the bus sort of pulls in, you do this awkward little hop, skip, jump. Uh, and hopefully you land yourself into the doorway of the bus uh, and, and not the kind of surrounding ditch around this, this set of rock. I've got my picture, this picture of you, you know, getting off your bus at the end of a day's work and, um, and then abseiling down the rock and taking yourself off home. Look, it, it's... High jumping at high <laughs> Look, the, the rock is not quite that big, but as someone who who does like to get around in you know a pair of high heels, it, it does make it an interesting yeah. little experience. Yeah. So tell us about some of the other um, changes on on buses because um, we're seeming to get more announcements on buses, Sally. There are some announcements coming through on buses. These announcements indicate the the stopping pattern of the bus and also its position on the route. Mm -hmm. uh, they seem to be happening on particularly the V1 line. However, we do believe that as new buses come into circulation in the fleet, that audible announcements will be a, a common feature of all of them. Mm -hmm. uh, however, obviously this is this is yet to be seen but it is something that all three blindness organisations that are represented on the Accessible Transport Advisory Committee uh, continue to advocate for. Susan, tell us about your experience in Glebe recently with a bus. Uh... Yes, Graham. Um, well, typically the buses in Glebe haven't had audio announcements. A lot of them have been, the, you know, the, the, the floor-lowering kind where people in wheelchairs and walking devices can get on, mm. but they haven't had audible announcements. And, look, we all know that... Well, you know, despite all the issues with transport, we just get on with our lives on a day-to-day -day basis and to some extent we don't even think about the stress that we're, that we're experiencing. But I got on this bus one evening at about six o'clock to have dinner with Joanna. Blow me down, there were announcements on this bus. Yeah. And I couldn't believe the level of stress that that took away from me. It was actually astonishing to me that I really realised how much stress, how stressful how stressful bus travel can be. I, I learned this, you know, when I lodged my uh, Railcorp complaints and I didn't quite realise how stressed I was by not having the announcements until we started to get them. It's fascinating. Yeah, it is, um, let me come back to you, Sally. Any final sort of uh, comments on improvements or work that you're doing in the transport area? There is a lot of work happening around trains at the moment. Not only are a lot of train stations being upgraded uh, 
in terms of the access to the train station, uh, access to lifts at train stations through the transport access program, uh, but there's also new trains that are being prepared uh, for rollout. So these include things like the new intercity fleet, which will operate on the Newcastle to Central, the Central to Blue Mountains and the Central to South Coast lines, so some of those more longer distance lines. Mm. Um, so we're, we're continuing to advocate for our needs on those trains. Mm. Uh, there's also a whole new fleet of trains that are being proposed to replace our existing regional trains, which are the XPT, the Explorer and the Endeavour. So there are some opportunities coming up to contribute to the designs of those trains as well. Uh, on top of that, there are continuing sort of updates to uh, smart technology that's used at stations to make them as accessible, functional and, and user-friendly as possible. Uh, so lots of work happening in, in the train space as well at the moment. Thanks, Sally, and it's great to uh, to have you sort of coordinating BCA's work in this area uh, in New South Wales and the ACT, and um, really good that we're getting opportunities to, to have that input. Susan, any final comments? Look, I would just like to acknowledge the fact that, um, you know, in in the very much in the advocacy space, there's a lot of room for collaboration. Um, Sally on behalf of BCA, myself on behalf of Vision Australia and Jennifer Moon on behalf of Guide Dogs all work incredibly well together in this transport advocacy space. And um, it's great because, you know, in this particular instance we have, you know, Sally who's able to give, give some, some of the low vision perspective and I can certainly talk about it from a user experience as a blind person. And Jennifer Moon can, can contribute her um, access consultant knowledge as well as her 20 years plus experience as an orientation and mobility instructor. Mm. I'm glad you ended on that point because that's where I was going to bring things to a close because um, it's such a powerful alliance when the organisations work together like that and hopefully that can um, significantly improve uh, public transport in New South Wales and the ACT for um, people who are blind and vision impaired. So Sally Orish, Susan Thompson, thanks very much for talking with me at this transport forum today. That's it for this week's program. I'm Vaughan Benison. Hope you've enjoyed it. If you'd like to get in touch with Blind Citizens Australia, you can call 1800 033 660. 1800 033 660. You can email bca at bca.org.au, bca at bca.org.au. My thanks to Graham Innes for preparing this program, and I have no doubt we'll be hearing more from Graham in the near future. And I'll talk to you again next week. We'll achieve the realisation of a dream. Of our dreams